We're professionals. We are, according to LOL Cupcake on iTunes, such smart women. Got her fooled. Hell yeah. Got them fooled. That's what you want to think. Go for it. I'm down. I'm I'm down with being a smart woman. Yeah. Smart women are just not down with being me. What? <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make any sense. My uh, point exactly. <laughs> yeah. What you got going on, lady? What do I have going on? Um, you know, the usual. Um, my my search for the will to live continues. As uh, in, in all of us. Yeah. Michael and I are going to that limited engagement um, premiere of Inside with Bo Burnham. <gasps> Shut in up. In a couple weeks. Yeah. Fuck you. I want to go to that. Mm-hmm. Fuck me indeed. Um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's really cool. I don't think Bo Burnham will be there, but that's, Probably that's not. okay. I will I will live if with that. If he was there, he'd, he would not show himself. Honey, he doesn't need to show himself. Dude is a fucking tree. Yeah. But he still, can't he, hide. No, he would do he would do the celebrity thing where he like what well, not saying that he would he would hate to say that he is celebrity. But um But he would he also w- in that same vein hate to be the celebrity that's there, so try to hide himself. Well, he would do the thing where he slips in afterwards. Like all the yeah. lights go down and then that's when he like ducks into the theater yeah. in like the back row. Yeah. But yeah. But we're we're close enough to the back also though, like cause I I we got to pick our tickets. Got we're those close cheap enough. Seats. No, no, the, the seats were all the same price, but Michael has preferences as far as audio, and I oh, have yeah, preferences I'm, I'm as with far one as of those. yeah, I know you are. <laughs> um, so you know, so we have to sit two thirds of the way towards the back, towards the center, it, like in the center for the best audio experience, according to Michael. Okay. Um, with his golden ears, but his golden ears pay for my health insurance, so I'm not going to say shit. But yeah. I also prefer to be not, first of all, not in the front row, like craning my neck That's upwards, true. because yep. I did that once for Jurassic World, because it was the only seats that were left by the time we got to the theater, and I will never do it again, especially for such a shitty movie. Um, yeah, but I, also, I, I had to sit in like the second row for it's Moana. The worst. It's the worst. It's the worst because, like, I swear to God, I don't think my neck has ever been the same. I think it's been hurt ever since. Um, That's because we're old now. We're we're we've always been old. Let's be real. Um, I had a crush on goddamn fucking Davy Jones from the Monkees when I was like seven. So trust me, always been old. Never not been old. But no, so I like to be in the center because then I just can like see everything very well. So yeah, two thirds of the way up. And in the center, that's ideal for those who like to see movies and those who like to hear movies. <laughs> Perfect. Well, so yeah, but that's it. I, I got a little bit of banter. So if you're one of those that doesn't like to hear life updates or anything, I'm going to banter for a sec. Then I'm going to gush about uh, the Fear Street movies. And then we're going to get into the episode. Okay, it's a shorter is- one. So that's why I'm we're padding it. Right. I was about to say this is a shorter one. So <laughs> it's a like, shorter we, one. We're, we're drawing it out as much as we can. Yeah. Well, guess to really make it quick guess what i did today what did you do today i did the best part of wedding planning folders I got to in your taste, cup i got to taste the food <gasps> oh even better than folders in your cup oh yeah, fuck. it was <sighs> phenomenal i wish every single person listening to this could come to my wedding and uh <laughs> the food is going to be so fucking good and I'm very excited. And uh, it is less than 100 days now. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. 
So Airbnb has been booked for me. Yeah, I still have not had my dress fitting. <laughs> so uh, I yeah, I actually now that you say that, I also need to get my dress to the tailor. Yep, we'll both be we'll both be your your dress will be baggy. <sighs> my dress will be not closing at the tits. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the other life update. No one cares, but I lost 20 pounds, but it's fine. No one Baby, gives a shit. yes, we do. I'm yes, like we down do. to you one no, chin now. You, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was about to say you are no more or less of a person because you've lost weight, but here she goes. So. There we go. I got no, more to I'm go, so, but hopefully no, my dress but, will close. I think it'll close. I'm not down 20 pounds and my dress won't close. So you know what? Balance. We gonna get that fixed? (laughs) Um, Now on to gushing about Fear Street. If you have not watched the three Fear Street movies, uh, 1994, 1978, and 1666, you need to turn this podcast off when it's over and then then go and watch them. They are phenomenally written the acting is beautiful and like on par with like the best like genre movies of the time like this the 1994 perfectly fits within like a slasher movie like the acting reminds me of scream and 1978 like reminds me of friday the 13th and 1666 is just i don't even want to give any spoilers because it is so good i loved it everything about it was perfect uh, made me want to go read the books again, which is like my to be read pile is crying right now because now I have to go back and read like a hundred books that I read when I was like 14. But it's but so maybe good. That's something, it's so good. That's something we could do is we could once more people have obviously seen it. Um, I'm a big puss, but I might power through. Um, we could do an episode on like the R.L. Stein books. Yes. These come from um, the I was thinking about ridiculously it. twisted mind of R.L. Stein. Um, we yeah, like we could do something. I was um, also thinking later in October. This is not an announcement, but I was <laughs> thinking later in October. I know Netflix has a thing where you can make like a watch party. So oh. anyone who also has Netflix, we can all like go into a virtual room together and watch this movie together. We won't be able That's to like put cute. it on a stream because like it's Netflix. They have the rights. Blah 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 blah. But we can stream ourselves watching the movie and then you could also be watching the movie and have us there also. So maybe that's a thing that could happen. We got to work out logistics and figure out how that would work. But yeah. I would like to watch this movie with more people and I think it would be so much fun. And if, maybe if you're a Patreon person, you can join the stream with us. Perhaps. Possibly. Mayhaps. Maybe think about that, people. And join the Patreon. Um, we could do but, it like uh, like just a random night in October, like like a Saturday night. Everybody could do it. Like I don't yeah, know, October sixteenth. Uh-huh. Nobody uh-huh. has anything going on. Nope, not at all. Not a wedding. Not a thing. And not just going to be um, the, the biggest day wedding. that I've been planning for for <laughs> fucking ever and tearing my hair out for. Nope, it's fine. Um, Maybe on Halloween it would make fucking sense. Ah, would it make sense? No, I'm kidding. Um, no, and that's what we did last year. And plus, Halloween's a Sunday. What the fuck are people doing? They're not going to bars. They've got work oh, in the morning. You know what? It's three movies. We should do it in three nights. We should do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The three nights of Halloween. Oh, da, da, da. okay. This is hey. like I said. This is not an announcement. We're spitballing We're right now. Work done. 
we're working so much right work now um, but we're like 10 minutes in and now i'm gonna start the episode so all right well before we start because oh you know what More you nonsense. got to recommend something i want to recommend something really quick um there's is also spooky? something on netflix it's not spooky um if i had to make a comparison i would say it's very like kill billy okay fine. Uh, it's like girl power love it kill bill not that Kill Bill wasn't girl power, but like, you know, you get it's called Gunpowder Milkshake. It is on Netflix. It's I have not heard. like it's got a it, I was going to message. We've got a girl chat um, with our with our lady friends. I was going to put it in the girl chat, but then I was like, oh, I also want to recommend it here. I watched it last night. I'm making Michael watch it again tonight. And, you know, for me, I'm not a to watch person. No, um, especially like back to back. But yeah, it's got Michelle Yeoh who is also going to be in the new Shang-Chi movie, I believe. I love her. She was in Crazy Rich Asians. She's like, she's been in pretty much everything that you would know. She was in like fucking a James Bond movie at one point. She was in like, just fucking, like literally like everything. I think she was in Guardians of the Galaxy. I think she's going to be in The Eternal. She's she's everywhere. What is the movie about? So Karen... Gillen, Gillian, Gillen, something like that. She's she's um she's from Doctor Who and from yes. the Marvel Universe. Yep. She is the daughter of an assassin who is played by Lena Haiti from yeah. Haiti from Game of, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yep, Cersei Lannister. And her like handler is Paul Giamatti. <gasps> and she has to like help out this little girl who's just like she everybody has seen her everywhere. When you see her, you'll go, Oh, that's that kid. Um but it, it like and the whole point is where she like like her headquarters kind of is this library and the three quote unquote librarians who are really more her like aunts by association. I think something just blew up. I, I think something just blew up. Really? I just heard a kaboom and my cats well, fucking split. Oh, I thought the kaboom was the cats. No, the kaboom <laughs> was not the cats. For once, no. Do we have to um, cut this out? I don't... I, we'll leave it in case I'm on the news. Um, maybe somebody drove into the sign of the complex down the street from us again, like they did a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, just straight up, up a hill and through it. Fun. Uh, but yeah, the three librarians are... One is Michelle Yeoh. Um, one is Carla Gugino, whom we've talked about before. Yes. We love. Yep. And then um, Angela Bassett is the third <gasps> aunt. Oh my and God, yeah. star-studded. It's so, it's a, it's a real, like, girl power movie, and it's getting fucking nailed by incels on IMDb, but it's such Ew. a great movie, and I love it. It's it's a little gory, I'm not gonna lie, but that's, it's not That's a scary. lot coming from you, I'm gonna say it's not gory at all. No, 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 I'm, I'm very perceptive of what is gory and what is not gory i would put it like i literally when i was telling michael about it i was like it's got it's like got some tarantino to it okay um like it it's it's got the gore for sure but it's i i'm quite a fan i really liked it and i think that all of these little incel boys who are complaining about it can go fuck themselves because it's a great movie Oh, yeah, and if you're sensitive to gore at all, the Fear Street movies definitely have like a lot of very action-packed kills. I would say it's probably on par with something like a Zombieland. If you watch Zombieland, you'll probably make it through the Fear Street movies. You're going to be fine. The story's more important anyway, and it's great. 
So what if you were afraid of Zombieland? What would you say to those who, I don't know, watched it through a pillow while their 12-year-old sister laughed? Uh, they're probably going to have to suffer through it when we watch uh, on a stream. So uh, if get it together. Girl. I mean, it could be it could be anyone. No, it, that could be anyone. I'm not saying anyway, it's necessarily me. People are yelling. I have to start the episode. <laughs> so start you, the episode. <laughs> you hear him? That was Bean. Believe it or not. <laughs> also feed me. <laughs> He's been fed. Don't let him fool you. Anyway. So this episode, if you've read the title, it's about the disappearance of the Lonergans. Do you know this case at all? So the name sounds familiar, like the Tom and Eileen Lonergan yep. sound familiar. But it's very it's gonna that, be very uh obvious once I start talking about it. And everyone knows this movie. If you haven't seen it, you'll know what the movie is as I'm talking about it. These so, things go the fuck over my head, so I wouldn't be so confident. I think you will. Anyway. Thomas Joseph Lonergan, age 33 at the time of his disappearance, and Eileen Cassidy Haynes, age 28 at the time of her disappearance, were both from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and were graduates of Louisiana State University. So they were college sweethearts. Um, they married in Jefferson, Texas on June 24th, 1988. And Eileen was already a scuba diver when she got Tom to take up the hobby. And um, it became one of their like couple things. And they always went different places to go scuba diving. Aww. And the couple was described as, quote, young, idealistic, and in love with each other, end quote. So on the day in question in uh, late January, Tom and Eileen were on their way home from Fiji, where they had been serving in the Peace Corps for two years. Um, some sources said that they were there for one year. Other places said two years. I think it was two years, but sure, whatever. Um, they, on the way home, they were stopping in Queensland, Australia, uh, for the chance to dive the world's largest coral reef system, the Great Barrier Reef, which is big thing I, we've had friends that have gone to the great barrier reef i definitely want to see it before it's fucking gone because people suck um but it sounds really awesome and it sounds like one of the like top bucket list things for anyone who is a scuba diver like you kind of it's like you have to make like the pilgrimage to go yeah. to the great barrier reef it's like a thing it's it's yeah it's the thing <laughs> it, 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 exactly <laughs> so the Lonergans and 24 other passengers boarded the scuba boat on January 25th, 1998. They took their trip through the diving company Outer Edge. And Jeffrey Narn was the boat skipper, and he led the way um, to their destination 25 miles off the coast of Queensland. The tour visited three dive sites that day, the last being a place named Fish, it, Fish City. Fish due to Fish, <laughs> Fish City. <laughs> Due to its abundant sea life, as the name would suggest. Okay. So, after arriving, the passengers put on their diving gear and jumped into the Coral Sea. Since they were both experienced divers, the Lonergans told one of the crew that they were going to go off on their own during the third dive. The crew member they told this to did not record this request in a dive log, and that was the last time Tom and Eileen Lonergan were ever seen. Damn. That's yeah, so this... Like not where you want to go missing. No, quite literally, and we're we're gonna get to it. It's the beginning of a horror movie. Yes. Can you fucking imagine? Yeah. Um, and since there is it's not known what happened, uh you we can only imagine that um 
after about 40 minutes of diving, the couple came up to the surface and they just saw the ocean and the sky. Holy shit. There were no other divers. There was no boat. And they didn't even have an idea of the direction to look in to find land because they had been under the water the entire time. You get turned around. Yeah. There's nothing to give you any context. Right. That's, so that's some like it's times like this where it's like no wonder people believe in alien abductions. Yeah. Because how can you explain that? Yeah. And um, technically, as as far as I've read, obviously, I'm not a scuba diver. I wish I was, but I, I really want to be. But I have not. Um, the Internet says that leaving divers behind isn't necessarily a death sentence. It would seem like it to me, but I'll trust the Internet. Sure. Um, but in this case, the amount of time it took for someone to recognize that Tom and Eileen weren't even on the returning boat took way too long. Um, eerily, the day after the incident, another dive group taken to the same area by Outer Edge, the dive company they had went through, uh, found dive weights uh, at the bottom where they were diving. And the discovery was simply described by a crew member as a bonus find, as the Lonergans had not yet been reported missing at this time. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what happened was the outer edge boat returned to shore and a crew member found an unattended bag and they just put it in the lost and found, assuming that some tourist had forgotten it. They're going to come back for it later, get it off the boat. We got another tour coming out. What? We got to move it along here. So Tom and Eileen Lonergan were staying at a local hostel and when they didn't show up for the shuttle to take them back to the hostel, the driver looked in all the shops and restaurants on that the one strip called Outer Edge, and um, despite the fact that Tom and Eileen had both left their shoes at the dive shop, somehow, <laughs> some people, everyone just assumed that they managed to return to the hostel on their own and not tell anyone. Uh, and I was about to say that's such a good driver to be like, oh, like, let me just check around and see if they're, like, nearby. Yeah, I mean, I've taken long-distance buses before, and we've stopped at places and like, okay, you got 10 minutes at this rest stop and there's a bunch of food places. They're going to refuel up, blah, 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 whatever you want to do. And 10 minutes comes and goes. I'm already back on the bus because I'm not getting fucking left behind. Nuh-uh. And then the dri- like the driver counts heads like we're in fucking sixth grade yeah. and then finds out we're not all there, goes into the, the rest stop to like find these people. But like, yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do if you have like a head count apparently not the boat people i was gonna Um, say like this whole thing is just very that they're so like i know like australia shout out to our australian listeners oh hey it's supposed to be super chill supposed to be super like dope whatever but like that's maybe a little too laissez-faire for my taste well we're gonna get to how policies have changed since this case. This again, this was in 1998. Um, stuff has changed since then, but um, yeah. So they just assumed that the couple got back to the hostel, and then that was that. And two days later, Outer Edge owner Jack Narn noticed that the bag was still unclaimed in the lost and found. That's when he looked inside and discovered Tom's wallet. He was finally concerned and called the hostel and discovered that the couple had never come back. Oh he contacted God. the police and a search finally began more than 48 hours after the Lonigans failed to get back on the boat. Apparently, none of the crew noticed that there were two missing dive jackets and weights. How? So it's not like 
I'll get to it in a little bit, but like, it's not just like the head count was off on the boat. The head count was off on the boat. The shoes were left at the dive shop. The bag was left on the boat. There were missing dive weights and jackets. Like they never returned to the hostel. Like there are so many moments where so- like a flag could have gone up and been like, hey, this is weird. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, both air and sea rescue teams, they spent three days looking for the missing couple. Uh, everyone from the Navy to civilian vessels took part in the search and they all came back empty handed. Damn. Yeah. Several weeks after they had been reported missing, some of the Lonergan's dive gear washed up ashore. Inflatable diving jackets and air tanks were found by a group of people on a beach about 75 miles north of Port Douglas. The jackets had the couple's names written on them, so they were definitely theirs. Yeah. The air tanks had a little air left inside, meaning that they were probably dropped when the Lonergans realized that the ship wasn't coming back for them. Obviously, like, I would have done the same thing. If you're in the middle of the water, get rid of something that's taking weight off you. Mm-hmm. It is weird that the jackets were also found because why would you take those jackets off if they were keeping you afloat? Right. Oh, definitely weird? Yeah. Um, however, since there was no evidence of a shark attack, theorists believe that the Lonergans became delirious from dehydration or removed them before an attempt to swim for shore. If you've ever tried to swim with a like floaty jacket on, it's fucking impossible. Right. So they must have like said, okay, we're going to head in one direction. We're going to guess that this is shore. Let's take off all of our shit and start swimming. Yeah. Again, that's a guess. Yeah. Nobody knows what happened. Um, However, without the buoyancy from their jackets, the Lonergans would have likely worn themselves to the point of exhaustion by treading water. If you've ever had to tread water before, especially in the ocean, it is extremely exhausting, even Mm -hmm. if you are a very, very confident swimmer. Um. In addition to pieces of the Lonergan's diving gear, a woman's wetsuit, the same size that Eileen would have worn, was also found washed up ashore. This was several months after the couple went missing. It was intact, um, and then there were no blood or holes that would be consistent with injuries from a shark attack. The suit did have some tears in the armpit and the butt area, but it was thought that there would be... um, it was like a result of the suit getting snagged on coral as it drifted through the water. Oh. Cause coral can be very sharp. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it do snag though. Yeah. Um, there were barnacles attached to the zipper and the authorities determined from the rate of the growth of these barnacles that the suit had probably been in the ocean since the end of January, which is around the time that the couple disappeared. So this didn't have Damn. like Eileen Lonergan's name on it, but it was, basically her same size um, and it was likely in the ocean the same time that she was. Um, This is the worst one. Mm. Six months after the disappearance, a very worn dive slate was discovered by a fisherman miles away from the dive site. And a dive slate is like a small little board that a diver carries so that they can write messages back and forth to each other because obviously like you have this oh. giant thing in your mouth you can't speak. It's like a little mini yeah. whiteboard chalkboard type thing, but you can write in the sense. water with it. Well, Uh-oh. this, uh, <laughs> yeah, this slate that was found said, quote, to anyone who can help us, we have been abandoned in Agincourt Court Reef, 25 January, 1998, 03 p.m. Please help us come to rescue us before we die. Help. Oh my End God. Quote. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That is honestly horrible. Um, 
Despite a lot of the dive gear washing up, Tom and Eileen Lonergan's bodies were never found. Even eight years after the incident, evidence is still being found, like a fin with Lonergan written on the inside of it. Holy shit, eight years. Yeah, yeah eight years after. Um, like most unsolved disappearances, many theories arose in the aftermath. Uh, some were plausible, most were very unhelpful. Mm. I'm going to get into these. Yes, these are very upsetting. Okay? Oh, great. I, I understand. I know. Thanks. These are just theories of what happened, not my theories. I'll get to it at the end, what I think happened. And it's one of those, like, like we talked about with um, Elisa Lamb. If you hear hoofbeats in Central Park, you don't think zebras. Yep. It's not the most wild. Like, I'm not going to talk about an alien abduction theory because that's just stupid. Hey. Um, hey. Aliens are wonderful beings sometimes. Sure. We'll, we'll talk we more about aliens alien. when it's an alien specific episode, but this is not that. Um, so the first theory, um, Tom and Eileen's diaries had some disturbing entries that fueled the fire to a suicide theory. Um, six months before the dive, Tom wrote in his diary journal, whatever it was, quote, like a student who has finished an exam, I feel my life is complete and I am ready to die. As far as I can tell from here, my life can only get worse. It has peaked and it's all downhill from here until my funeral, end quote. In Eileen's diary, an entry found on January 9th, 1998, read, quote, Tom hopes to die quick and painless death, and he hopes it happens soon. Tom's not suicidal, but he's got a death wish that could lead him to what he desires, and I can get caught in that, end quote. Damn. Yeah. Uh, both diaries spoke about not enjoying their jobs as teachers, and Eileen spoke about how, quote, our lives are so intertwined now, we are hardly two individuals, where we are now goes beyond dependence, beyond love, end quote. And although these disturbing writings from the Lonergans were mostly considered uh, coincidental and the couple's parents say that they're taken out of context, some theories suggest that the couple carried out a suicide pact or were the victims of a murder-suicide at the hands of Tom. I don't think huh. that's true. I, yeah... I fully support the fact that these were taken out of context because you can really make up a theory on anything based like if someone's keeping a pretty steady journal or diary there's going to be a lot in there that is extremely personal yeah and you could pull anything and make an excuse for anything pretty much I mean everyone has a bad day at work and not everyone is so in love with their jobs and relationships go through ups and downs so i i'm i'm ready to throw this one out yeah well and also let's not forget that note which was presumably i mean come on it, all evidence points to it being from them yeah why would they write that dive slate if yes they were planning on doing this that doesn't make any sense right if your bodies are never going to be found who cares if it was a murder suicide you don't have to like be play. like hey yeah that doesn't make any sense uh, this is another very unhelpful theory. Um, while police were investigating the case, this theory came up. Another boat captain who claimed to have visited the same dive spot the next day says that he may have encountered the couple. According to what? his story, the head count from before the vessel's return trip came out to two more than the one that it had taken when it left port. The tourists on his expedition that day were all from Italy and they spoke Italian. 
However, the captain also claimed to hear a few American voices among the tourists that day. If his story is true, it would be possible that the Lonergan slipped in amongst the divers and simply disappeared once the boat reached shore. This theory would also mean that the couple planned ahead of time to spend the night in the middle of the ocean, uh, waiting for an entirely different boat to show up the next day. And yeah, maybe it's an interesting theory, it's, but it's wildly not plausible. Yeah, I was going to say it's interesting, but like, why would you do that? Why go to all that trouble? Why put yourself at risk? How would you know that another boat is coming? I, I mean, if it's a popular dive site, I'm sure a lot of boats go there. But yeah, but you yeah, also don't know. You also don't know, like, for example, if I mean, I suppose they could like check the weather and things like that. But then, like, let's say like their plans to be like a fuck ton of jellyfish in the area at that time. And so they're not going to have people dive for like their safety or shit like like you. Yeah. Don't... And like the current can carry you. It's yeah. not like you're it's not like you break the surface and you're like in the same spot. Like you're just fucking chilling. Yeah. And like, what are you going to do? Just fucking like like just float on your back for like 24 hours because you're yeah. not going to have enough air. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that's a that's a dumb theory. I don't like that one. Yeah. This one's also dumb. Um, <laughs> although there was never any concrete evidence, some people wonder if Tom and Eileen Lonergan faked their own deaths. After the Australian news broke the story, more than 20 people came forward claiming to have seen the Lonergans after they supposedly disappeared. There were They were allegedly seen all around Australia, including in a Darwin hotel and a Port Douglas bookshop two days after their dive, according to the owner. Again, if you're going to fake your deaths, why would you stick around in the fucking area? Yeah. That doesn't make any fucking sense. If you're going to fake your death, you go like halfway across the world. Right. Whatever. I mean, they technically did go halfway across the world, but then you would go to like another halfway across the world. You go, you up. go halfway. across. Yes. Yeah. You go, you go <laughs> across the world from where you allegedly did the disappearing from. Yes. Like you wouldn't just like go to shore and like go to a bookstore. Yeah. Um, this also kind of falls in line with the uh, they got on a different boat theory. But considering that they both left their passports behind, they never touched their bank accounts after the incident and their insurance policies were never cashed in. If the Lonergans really did fake their death, they would have been forced to start completely from scratch. And also they would have had to rely on coincidental fact that the crew counted the heads incorrectly. Mm. Like... The, if the crew had counted the heads correctly, they would have been like, oh, shit, we're down to. Gotta go find them. That doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't make any sense. Also, like, with all of these, like, oh, they were actually on this other boat or they were actually on the boat all along or blah, blah, blah. People are still talking about the disappearance of Tom and Eileen Lonergan. Don't you think that if they had actually managed to get out of the water... Uh, arguably like if somebody not them, them somebody they knew would be like oh no they're like right they're they're around not even yeah. saying like even if they wanted to just like disappear like somebody eventually nobody knows how to keep a fucking secret in this universe like yeah and they would have needed money in some way like and they never like i don't think they ever looked into any like offshore bank accounts that they had or like some sneaky suspicious the nefarious plans set in motion nothing like they were literally just going to dive on a trip before they went home yeah that was it uh this last theory seems the most plausible they're still like kind of it's still like a couple holes in it but it's what everyone thinks about and it's sharks mm -hmm. um 
Yeah. So it seems to be the most cinematic and interesting theory that they were picked off by sharks. Although half the world's sharks live in the waters around Australia, most of them are completely harmless to humans. And like I mentioned earlier, there was no real evidence of a shark attack, such as blood, residue, or teeth marks on the couple's wetsuits and dive mm -hmm. jackets when they were found. So this would mean that they probably would have had to have been attacked after they had taken off all this stuff. Weird, but sure. Um, however, one veteran Australian diver believes that they were eaten by tiger sharks, which is the most likely shark in that area that would attack them. According to the testimony of Ben Crop, the notoriously dangerous sharks probably watched the couple and approached them slowly after a few hours, eventually taking a bite. He also believed that the Lonergans had not lasted more than 48 hours because of this. So the general consensus was that the couple was left dehydrated, disoriented, and leading to either drowning or being eaten by sharks. I'd say that is the most likely thing that happened. Probably maybe a combination of it. Like maybe they were so dehydrated and disoriented that like they thought they could float better if they took off yeah. their, their wetsuits and everything. That's what and I'm then thinking. they got attacked by sharks. I'm I'm certain that's why their bodies were probably never found, is because they were just getting back to nibble. the sea. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's very, it, it's very fast to like lose a body in the ocean. Yeah. Especially when it's you're just like in the blip. middle of the ocean. It's, yeah. it's I mean, very we fast to, for nature to just do its thing. We just talked about uh, Terry. Terry, Duperall. yes. Yeah. And how it's li a literal miracle that she was ever found. She was never going to be found. Right. Um, I mean, something like that could have happened to these divers. It was a popular place for boats to go out and dive, but like, it, it took too long for people to figure out that they were gone, which yeah. is horrible. Every second counts. Yeah. So, in a preceding court case, Coroner uh, Noel Noonan charged the skipper, Jeffrey Narn, with unlawful killing. Noonan said that the quote, skipper should be vigilant for the safety of passengers and ensure safety measures are carried out. When you combine the number of mistakes and the severity of the mistakes, I am satisfied a reasonable jury would find Mr. Narn guilty of manslaughter on criminal evidence, end quote. I will say that it is definitely um, the number of mistakes that really kills me because just one of those things, if when the bag was found on the boat, they automatically opened it looked at the wallet saw tom's name on it said like to the hostel like oh tom left his bag here yeah and then the hostel could be like well they never came back and then like that would have started something in motion yeah the dive place could have noticed hey we're missing dive weights and jackets like let's do an inventory on this what happened or the shoes are still there or the the driver of the the shuttle like or, I don't know. Or, but not even, blaming any one person. No. It's just so many mistakes. Yes, it's just a perfect storm, is what. Because even not even just the diving company and the shuttle driver and the hostel. Like, what about the other people going on that dive tour? Going, oh hey, like where's that person that I was that, sitting next to? Yes, yes. The, and this was their third dive of the day. Like, there's only twenty five people on this boat. Like, you notice if there's. If the, people missing? if the fucking cast member at Disney is going to call me out on goddamn Space Mountain going, oh, pack again for the sixth time, they can remember a diver. Yeah, I'm not saying like 
like that's implicating like so many people. It's like the dive company, the driver of right. the, the shuttle bus, all the other people on the boat. You could say like, oh, well, you should have noticed like, yeah, it is a perfect storm of mistakes. And it seems like mistake is too light of a word for something that literally led to two people's deaths. Death, yeah. Which is crazy. Um, ultimately, Narn was found not guilty. But the company was fined after they pled guilty to negligence, which caused them to go out of business. Tom and Eileen Lonergan's case also prompted stricter government regulations in regards to safety, including headcount confirmations and new identification measures. I would say probably the simplest thing to do, obviously you do rigorous headcounts before you leave, after you leave each dive site, blah, 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 blah. But also when you get off the boat at the end of the day, you have to sign something saying that you're picking up your shoes or you're picking up your something, you're signing back in your dive weights or something. So you get like signatures at the beginning mm -hmm. for the, the waiver and then signatures at the end saying, I'm back. Yeah. And you're, I'm not your responsibility anymore. This is not that hard to, yeah. to put forth. But again, hindsight's 2020 mm -hmm. and like it, unfortunately it takes an accident like this yes. to make stricter regulations. Yes. Um, well, in 2018, so relatively recently, mm -hmm. Eileen's mother, Kathy Haynes, told the Courier Mail on the 20th anniversary of the Lonergan's disappearance that she uh, held no ill will towards Australia. The family also feels nothing but sympathy towards Skipper Narn, who passed away in 2015, mm -hmm. and believe it was the right decision that he wasn't prosecuted over the tragedy. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, they're at peace with it now. So, which, yeah. I mean, you can't spend your whole life angry and fighting it. And like, yeah, it was a mistake. Like, it sucks that it had to lead to two people's lives. But like, I don't know if like, I mean, his life is kind of ruined after that. Like, I wouldn't be able to live with myself after that. Yeah. After everyone saying it's your fault, you didn't do the head count right. Like, right. That must be so haunting. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, that's the other thing. He's haunted enough by it, like, he doesn't need to go to jail for it. But, right. I mean, that's everyone's personal preference if they believe that somebody should be prosecuted over that. But, obviously, the movie that uh, was made about this case is called Open Water. It's from 2003. It's got a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 33% audience score. Okay. With over 50,000 ratings. 67% on Google and a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb. So universally, like, not loved. Indies. <laughs> yeah, like, liked, <laughs> just not loved. <laughs> yeah, critics' consensus is, quote, a low-budget thriller with some intense moments, end quote. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> That's it. Okay. It did win Best Thriller at the Golden Trailer Awards, and the Blanchard, um, oh, Blanchard, the main actor, uh, actor, uh, won Best Actress for her performance at the Saturn Awards. Oh, and okay. That's Blanchard Ryan I'm referring to. Uh, she was in that movie, It's Complicated. It's that one with yeah. uh, Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin like in bed yeah, together on the, it, the cover. Yeah, it's an, that was an Oscar winner. Was it really? I believe so. It's Complicated. It came out in like 2012-ish? 2013 maybe? I don't know. I just remember seeing that that just uh, kidding i just looked it up it's 2009 everywhere. no because oh, really? i saw it i yeah i saw it 
I saw um, the poster everywhere and it made me uncomfortable and I don't want to see it. Okay, it was a Golden Globe nominee. I, I could okay. have sworn that it was also nominated for an Oscar, but who knows? Yeah, it was a three-time Golden Globe nominee, Best Screenplay, Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture for Queen Meryl, and Best Motion Picture, Comedy or Musical. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't bad. Uh, well, this movie mainly has just fucking two people in it. So Blanchard <laughs> Ryan uh, is the Eileen Lonergan character, and Daniel Travis is the Tom Lonergan character. He guest starred in a bunch of shit. Like Dexter, CSI, NCIS, and Pretty Little Liars. Hey. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been doing this thing recently where I go on like the IMDB like trivia. Yeah. I like, listen, I like seeing the fun facts. It's so fascinating. So, it is. So this was filmed over two and a half years, mostly on weekends and holidays, with usually just two to three people in the crew. Love it. Love it's it. It's like a fucking student film. It's wild. Yeah. Um. Altogether, the two stars of the film spent upwards of 120 hours in the water. Jesus. That's a, yeah. that's a lot of pruning. Yes. Um, so no CG was used during the filming, and they hired Hollywood shark wrangler Stuart Cove and used bait to lure in wild Caribbean reef sharks to get the shark footage. I'm sorry. His name is Stuart Cove, like C-O-V-E. Yes. Like, yes. oh, God, that's great. Yep. Uh, the actors were tethered to the boat so that the strong currents wouldn't pull them away, and they wore chainmail under their wetsuits to protect them, but no one was bitten by a shark. On the That's first day of ideal. filming, yes. On the first day of filming, though, Blanchard Ryan was nipped by a barracuda. Ooh, a little Barracudas nibble. are evil little shits. They are. Great like song, the weasels though. of the ocean. The weasels yes. of the ocean. <laughs> That's what I think they are. Uh, the film cost, guess how much it cost to make this movie? Um, it's literally two people in the middle of the ocean. Let's go with one seventy-eight thousand, one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. I'm I was not far off. Uh, according to IMDb, that is less than half the cost of the typical Hollywood sound effects budget. Yeah, it's it's very expensive to make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Nearly half of that money was spent on the shark wranglers for two days. You gotta, you know, you gotta pay the sharks what they're worth. <laughs> like, I mean, it it made some money because the film was bought by Lionsgate after premiering at Sundance for $2.5 million. That's good. Good, good, yeah. good. And that's a great return on investment. Yeah, that's like uh, headed towards Blair Witch area. You can make yes. a horror movie for cheap, people. And apparently you can make an ocean movie for cheap, too. Hell yeah. Jacques Cousteau uh, there, ass. There's fucking two sequels to this movie. Of course there is. Just like Open Blair Water Witch. <laughs> exactly. Open Water 2 Adrift is from 2006. And the synopsis is, quote, when a group of friends fail to lower the ladder of their boat, they find themselves stranded in the surrounding waters and struggle to survive. So I looked up more of this movie. I've never seen this movie. Um, what happens is like this group of friends is on like this like party boat, whatever. And they all go dive into the water, and the one girl is like the the brunette heroine character. She's like, I don't want to go. Always the brunettes. So like the guy like is like joking around with her and like tackles her into the water. So now every <gasps> single person is in the water, but nobody lowered the the ladder so that you can get out. So they're literally stuck next to their boat with yeah. no ladder down. And I think there's a baby on the boat. I think oh, that's the other thing. That's not good. Like somebody brought their baby and the baby's on the Why boat by itself. Why would you bring itself. a baby in the middle of the ocean? I don't fucking know. <laughs> anyway, Open Water 3 Cage Dive is from 2017, so it took a while to make this third one. Can I can I can I guess it? 
Tell me. Tell me what you think happens. All right. Somebody, You're not going to guess it. Somebody is doing that whole thing where you like swim with the sharks in the cage, yada, yada, yada. You're in the cage, blah, blah, blah. And then something happens. A mechanism breaks or maybe the captain is like super wasted or maybe the captain falls in too. I don't know. And forgets to like maybe put put down the ladder. I'm not sure. But either way, you are stuck there in the cage with the sharky sharks. I think, isn't that already a movie called 34 Meters Down or something like that? Do I look like the type of person that would watch 34 Meters Down? Is that a Kristen Stewart movie? I, do I look like the type of person that would watch a Kristen Stewart movie? Yes. <laughs> if it's that if it's that gorgeous LGBTQ holiday movie that came out on Hulu this past Christmas. But no. Also, uh, all of the you, Twilight movies are on Can you research Netflix. this as I tell you what this movie is actually about? I think it's called 34 Meters Down or something like that. Yeah, sure. But anyway, this is Open Water 3, Cage Dive, 2017. Quote, three friends filming an audition tape for an extreme reality TV show find themselves stranded in shark-infested waters, turning the recording into a bloody diary of death. Do they have what it takes to survive in open water? I don't know. Do they? End quote. The bum 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 was in there. The bum 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 was in there. Damn. No, no, it wasn't. That was anyway. Oh. Why you got to get my hopes up? So, yeah, I've never seen any of those shitty sequels. Um, I think Cameron Richardson is in one of them, and I love her because she was in... Harper's Island. It is a Canadian miniseries that was very, very good, which I okay. will talk about eventually. I will do like a series on it because I loved it. It's Double like a okay. horror series. Definitely watch it. Um, okay. There is like, that's the main um, uh, pop culture thing regarding this case. But there's also a documentary series called Crime Stories, Deep Secrets. Uh, that's like one of those anthology, like mini docu-series things. Mm-hmm. And it featured a story of the Lonergans. Oh, wow. And their disappearance was referenced in a game called Stranded Deep, in which a diver's slate can be found with the exact copy of the message that was on the slate that was discovered by, in the search and rescue mission, which I think is, like, not chill. Yeah, that's decidedly like, it not was chill. Like, it was like those Columbine video games, too. Yep. I'm like, yep. why, why go, go ahead and do that? Mm-hmm. You can do other stuff. You can do something inspired by it, but maybe not exactly the same thing as somebody's uh, dying words. But um, to hawk another um, podcast, uh, the disappearance is detailed in Case File True Crime Podcast in the episode 133, Tom and Eileen Lonergan. Anyway, yeah, so it's a shorter one this week. Um, That's fine. uh, That's fine. It's whatever. I'm still... Uh, standing better than no, you ever did you know um, I tried I you know I try so hard and I get so get far, so far. <laughs> yes. but in the end doesn't even fucking doesn't matter. Even matter nothing matters <laughs> and thus continues my search for the will to live um, anyway to answer your question from earlier though 47 meters down 47 out, meters down 47 not 34 <laughs> Um, my Google was, was my Google was very confused. Uh, it's got Mandy Moore, who is decidedly Mandy not Moore. Kristen Stewart, and Claire Holt, who is also not Kristen Stewart. Is Kristen Stewart in a shark movie? From what I could see, I'm googling. No. Tell me about tell me about this movie while I Google. Is according to IMDb. Kristen- the synopsis is two sisters vacationing in Mexico are trapped in a shark cage at the bottom of the ocean with less than an yep. hour of oxygen left and great white sharks circling by. They must fight to survive. Um, and then that also there's a sequel to it. 47 meters down uncaged, which is exactly how it sounds. And that also does not star Kristen Stewart. 
Kristen Stewart Corbett, was in though. a 2020 movie called Underwater. And clearly it was great considering the fact that I've heard of it. Yeah. I'm being the crew sarcastic. Of oceanic researchers working for a deep sea drilling company try to get to safety after a mysterious earthquake devastates their deep water research and drilling facility located at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. This doesn't sound like being stuck underwater in a cage, though. She's stuck underwater. I saw a She's trailer in a cage? for the, I saw a trailer for Kristen Stewart underwater somewhere, and then I thought of the shark one that they were stuck underwater, and then they fused in my mind. Okay. To be fair, That's one that. of the TJ Miller's in this movie too. Fuck TJ Miller. Um, we don't. Oh, we don't, yeah, we don't right. stand TJ right? Miller. Yes, we don't stand TJ Miller. <laughs> John Gallagher Jr. is in it though. He was in Short Term Twelve, and he was also um the main guy when I saw American Idiot on Broadway. I saw oh, it because Elliot likes it. Okay, yes. Elliot likes He's a Green very talented Day? singer. Nah, really. Uh, anyway, that's not uh, <laughs> Poor anything Elliot. to do with this case. So. Uh, our website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. It is. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and also Patreon. You we can join do. for as little as a dollar, as much as whatever you want. You can. And maybe we'll brainstorm more Patreon uh, rewards on podcasts so that people can be tempted to like join. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't going to brainstorm this on here. I was going to do it privately, but I could do a little like behind the scenes of Haley's wedding video. Absolutely not. <laughs> I am going to be crossfaded as fuck the whole week. So nobody's going to see oh, me like that. You you thought you were going to be in it? In my own wedding? In In your own wedding video? Sure. Oh, that was presumptuous, but I guess... I guess I could squeeze you in. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's the podcast. And we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.